0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Back here on Sports Talk, Jimmy Smith, publisher of TigerDetails.com. I'm Christian Garrick. Friday, 48 hours, a little more than 48 hours at LSU and Florida State. Get it on in the Superdome. Also, the college football playoffs have expanded to 12 teams. We want to hear from you. Good or bad, are you for or against The expansion to 12 teams, 504-260-1870. Also, we're going to get into some LSU-Florida State stuff. If you have a question for Jimmy about the game or about, uh, in particular, recruiting, Brian Kelly starting to make some headway along the offensive line uh, with a recruit yesterday. Jimmy, that LSU had typically not been able to get out-of-state offensive linemen, but Brian Kelly uh, making some inroads there. Yeah, Zalen's
2: heard, big-time guy. Uh, We're going to see LSU this weekend start a true freshman at left tackle and his former teammate, Zalance heard uh, is now in the in the boat as well, and he could be another guy that we could see, we could see push the field early in his career. Big time prospect, um, could have signed basically anywhere, picked LSU. Uh, now they just got to dig deep dig deep and hold on to him until signing day.
1: Our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text lines are open at 504, 260, 1870. LSU favored by three and a half points over the Seminoles. I don't know, because there's so many unknowns, Jimmy. In particular, we talked about the offensive line before we came in here. There's so many unknowns with this LSU team that I just want to see them first before I put any amount of money, any money on any anything to do with LSU, whether it's an over, under, total, point spread, what have you. There's just so much unknown, I'm not ready to do that.
2: Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way, but I feel like this week's opponent in Florida State is almost in the same boat. I mean, they have a lot of new faces, uh, basically a whole new offensive line. Um, they were horrendous in areas last year. Uh, I mean, last week, I mean, they blew out – the St. Augustine School for the Blind. But, I mean, we really don't know exactly how good they are going in. So, I I feel like, you know, I would feel comfortable. I'm not a better or a gambler. But this would certainly be a line that caught my attention. And I would think, you know, I have LSU winning on our site. We put our predictions up today, 33-17 in this game. I think they're going to win by two possessions or more. Um, I just don't think Florida State's that good.
1: That's at TigerDetails.com, those predictions?
2: Yeah, that's TigerDetails.com. And what was interesting is we don't talk to each other about our predictions, our staff, Julie and Ron and Mm -hmm. Jarrett. uh, All of ours basically look the same, 13- to 17-point range, LSU holding them under 20. We were all kind of in that same boat. So, uh, yeah, I think we're all expecting a a decisive win for the Tigers.
1: Well, if the Tiger Details board all feels like it's a two-score game, I might change my mind and log in. To my uh, app and and take the tigers into points. What what? So what was the, I guess what's the reason?
2: It's matchups, right? Um, yeah, LSU strengths play very well because that ends up being Florida State's weaknesses. So LSU strengths on defense are their defensive line. The biggest question mark on Florida State is um, their ability uh, of that offensive line to protect protect and get a push in the running game. And then the other question on offense for Florida State is how good is their quarterback under duress? They don't want to throw the ball. If you look at the stats last week, I think they ran 76 plays and 54 of them were rushes. They 400 obvious, yards rushing. 400 yards rushing. But again, I mean, the that average the si- Did you see the size of those d linemen? Yeah,
1: they were tiny.
2: I mean, they were tiny. You probably averaged 240 on the edges and 270 in the middle. I mean, um, you know, Mason Smith looks like two of those guys put together.
1: You know? Yeah, it was like, uh, it's like one of the academy teams, you know, the mm-hmm. Air Force, Army. They, they're not going to have big defensive linemen. You know, their D linemen are 270, you know, in that range, 250. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Duquesne had similar issues in the trenches. You better run for 400 yards yeah. against that team.
2: Yeah, they do have some good running backs, though. And, you know, some questions I have on the LSU defenses is, is they're young linebackers, they're inexperienced linebackers. Mike Jones, Jr., who's going to be starting at the middle linebacker, has a lot of game experience, but most of it – is as a rover type, safety, uh, nickel, linebacker hybrid at Clemson, um, still transitioning to this new position. So, uh, you know, will they be solid in in their gap assignments and things like that to limit some of these runs because Florida State might have two or three future NFL backs on that roster. They have talent at that position, but outside of that position group, I don't think they have an advantage over LSU on the entire roster.
1: Brian Kelly keeping the starting quarterback job close to the vest. I read somewhere on Twitter, I don't know, I think it was on August 15th, that Jaden Daniels is going to be the starting quarterback. Uh, You think that still holds true?
2: Yeah, I saw that tweet, too. It was accompanied by news of of one retirement of a former LSU starting quarterback. Uh, I do think it holds true. I think his starting experience right now, um, playing in that type of setting, Florida State, I mean, this isn't. A home game per se, it's supposed to be a neutral site, but there's going to be 25,000-30,000 Florida State fans there. You know, enough to make some noise at times. So, I think you come out of the season with the experienced guy. But Garrett Nussmeyer is more than capable. Uh, everybody on that staff and in that locker room believes so. So, if at any point Jaden Daniels struggles, um, Garrett Nussmeyer is there to pick up the slack. Hopefully.
1: Well, Brian Kelly did say it's kind of one A, one B with with his two quarterbacks, and mm-hmm. I think that what. Gave Jaden Daniels the the edge just a bit is because of the offensive line is going to be troublesome this year. So having a more mobile quarterback and Jaden Daniels who ran what a four three four four in that range. Mm-hmm. So I think that helps you when you have an offensive line that's not quite capable of protecting a guy that maybe runs a four seven four eight. You know I know mm-hmm. Garrett can run too. My point is I just think that his mobility gave him the the edge.
2: Yeah, it opens up the playbook quite a bit. Um, You you can attack the perimeter with your quarterback and roll outs and things of that nature. I think it's going to be able to cut down some of his reads too. When you're rolling out, you're basically reading half 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 the field field at that point. So uh, I I think the offensive line and and the question marks they have there probably played a role that helped Jaden Daniel secure this spot. Um, You know What what makes me wonder, though, if, if this offensive line does step up and plays well and shows they can really pass protect, does that bump Garrett Nussmeyer even closer to becoming the starter at some point? If you feel like, um, you know, this season is a wash in the sense that you're not really fighting for an SEC championships or national championships, and you're sitting at four and two or something like that, and you have the guy you think could be the next national championship cali- caliber quarterback on the roster, how long before you push him into the lineup? So. Um, but Jaden Daniels has a lot of talent, and he could certainly take this, this bull by the horns and run with it and never look back.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you, though. This could be a very short lease leash with, uh, with Jaden Daniels. And what's, where he struggled is not the, the intermediate, necessarily the, those quick passes, but um, the intermediate and also the deep, deep passes. He struggled in the past completing those at a high percentage. And I know that's not a high percentage throw, but even you know he's not even completing it at, at, the, at the rate you would want, you would expect.
2: Yeah, and that's where LSU found a lot of his success in 2019, right? Yeah. We saw explosive offense. They were very good in the short game, but from 12 to 30 yards, they were deadly.
0: Mm-hmm. Those
2: deep digs and those post routes and things of that nature. And and if you want your guys to be able to make plays, when you have Kayshaun Boutte and, and, and Malik Neighbors and these kind of guys that can make plays downfield, you you want a quarterback that can provide some accuracy on those deeper throws.
1: How healthy is Kayshaun Boutte?
2: I think healthy enough to, to look like a star. Um, I, you know, I don't think he's going to get a huge workload this weekend as they ease him back into it, and, and they have a lot of weapons. I mean, you can not focus on Keyshawn Butte in the offense and still get a lot out of your passing game. There might be four or five future NFL receivers on this roster that are going to be in the rotation this year. So um, I think he's healthy enough now for sure to make an impact. I just don't think we're going to see one of those 8, 10, 11-type uh, catch games that, that we've seen from him in the past.
1: Do you think he is um, the best wide receiver in college football, if not top three?
2: Possibly the most dangerous. Okay. Um, Kayshawn's extremely fast. Uh, he was a 200-meter track star in high school, has very good endurance with his running. I don't, a lot of people get lost in the 40-yard Uh, the 40-meter runs and all those runs. Yeah, that's that's a great, uh, give you an idea of a guy's speed, but it's the turnover beyond that for a lot of guys, and can you carry that top speed? You know, a lot of guys that run these great 40s, they have a great first 20. You know, and then they kind of top out. And the
1: 10-yard split is phenomenal, too.
2: Right. But Kayshawn's got that gear and that turnover all the way down. I mean, he's running as fast as anyone in in college football at 60 yards, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's just a different gear and a a different level of of threat that he can provide. So I think he's as good and, and as dangerous as anyone in the country.
1: Let's look at Brian Kelly's first year at LSU. and. There's already, I've heard, noticeable differences just in the way they practice, uh, what they what they focus on, what they emphasize, et cetera. Uh, but I expect a more business type of approach from Brian Kelly uh, throughout this his program. It's going to be very businesslike. There's not going to be a lot of shenanigans. Players that get suspended for this, that, or the other are probably not going to be a part of the team. I mean, he's a kind of a no-nonsense guy.
2: Yeah, and And you've really seen it play out all the way from recruiting to everything you hear about the practice sessions. Um, There's more of an emphasis on academics, both with recruits and current players than there has been in the past. Um, LSU's lost a lot of players for two, three, four weeks at a time for academic issues. That's something he wants to nip in the bud right away. And then, uh, and, and the ability to delegate and for everyone to know what their assignments are, there was a lot of confusion with previous staffs over who was in charge of what, you know, whether it be, um, you know, Orzron's assistant, Derek Panamski, and Austin Thomas as the general manager. And this power structure itself uh, was rather confusing. And I think it created a lot of issues throughout the program. Brian Kelly has assigned jobs to everyone, holds them accountable, um, very organized in everything he does. I mean, before he even talks to the team post game, he's got a history of gathering all of his coaches to get their insight before he approaches the team. Right, and allows for everyone to kind of give their opinion. I mean, those are things that, that you know, allow for a controlled emotion type setting and and Mm -hmm. a coach that really has a structure throughout the whole program.
1: We're gonna see. We're gonna we're gonna find out. But I want to ask you this: What I'm trying to get to is, we're gonna see if Brian Kelly is gonna be the long term answer. Mm -hmm. But what's the expectation this year? When Jimmy, you and I talked about it during Coach O's last year, the roster neglect was just profound and um, what's the expectation realistically for Brian Kelly in his first year dealing with some of the issues he had to inherit uh, from Coach O's regime?
2: Yeah, I mean, last time we saw LSU take the field, I think they had 38 scholarship players, right. you know what I mean, and, and more transfers after that. So, um, you know, and for a guy that was brought into really for roster management and recruiting, Ed Orgeron, man, he really struggled in that department, you know? So there wasn't a lot left here, but there was – there was the the few guys there were. There were some real standouts. So there's a good base and a good foundation to build your team around. I think the fans, the vibe we've been getting through our message board at Tiger Details, is is more of a you know let's just be competitive and let's take a step in the right direction. It's almost been the approach of the fan base as a whole, which tends one to believe that an eight and four six season would be considered successful by many of these fan standards. So I, I think realistically, eight and four should be considered a success. I mean, you had 38 scholarship roster players at the end of last year. Uh, How does that happen? God. I mean, you're talking, what, 10 transfers a year, right? You don't sign. You don't fill any class. There were very few classes under Orsron, and even the last few years under Miles, where they're signing their limit. You know, Alabama, a lot of these schools push the limit. SEC came in with hard numbers. You can only sign 25 guys or whatever, and they'd find ways to roll back a scholarship to get an extra one here. LSU couldn't even fill the 25. You know, so it was a a really a lack of of thorough recruiting to make sure your class was filled from top to bottom, not being able to retain your players, not building the type of relationships with your players that that you can fight through adversity. When guys were on the fence, do I want to transfer or not? And I hear a lot of these conversations, you know, because you get to know these kids as high schoolers and and they just want to bounce and vent sometimes to people. And, And we receive a lot of those calls and there were. I'd, I'd say 70%, 80% of the kids that seemed like they were considering transferring during that stretch under Orgeron transferred. I mean, typically, it's one out of five. You know, I've I've I had three kids particularly. So
1: suffice it to say, Brian Kelly inherited almost like a skeleton, not necessarily yeah. a full body.
2: Yeah, a skeleton.
1: A bag of bones.
2: Yeah, but maybe still the organs intact. Okay.
1: okay. Right? Yeah. Maybe
2: there's still organs intact. I think when you have a Mason Smith who could be – a top three defensive lineman in the country as a true sophomore this year. When you have guys like B.J. Ojolari and Ali Gay, who are going to be first, second, third round picks. Um, when you have a Keishawn Butte who could change the scoreboard at any time. Malik Neighbors, Jack Besh. I mean, it's not completely bare. So it's not all skin and it's not all bones. Maybe it's just bones with some some vital organ still kicking.
1: Very well. So we just talked about the expectation this year. Let's take a look at two years, three years down the road with Brian Kelly. You think he's, he has them back in that even uh, look playoff contention, as it has just expanded to 12, that should be a, every year for LSU. That should be every year. Now that they expanded it to 12, every year they should be in the playoffs. But I want to know how long do you think it takes him to get in that top four?
2: Top four, we would say, what, 10, 10 to, regular season. Yeah. type thing. Yeah. Realistically, I probably two more years. Beyond this, I think next year they have that potential, though. Um, You'll be returning a lot on offense. You still should have some solid pieces on defense. You have some of these great freshman recruits that can develop. But I think realistically, you're probably looking at the 2024 season before LSU can make that national championship push.
1: Got to be patient, Tiger fans. Something they don't really want to hear. They want (laughs) it, and they want it now.